Hard Nap Faith, we have a very, very special guest here with us this evening. First of all, current professional basketball player. She was the 14th pick in the 2015 WNBA draft. Obviously, she just finished up another season as France, as well as playing with multiple WNBA teams over the course of her career to this point. Five-time gold medalist. Five-time gold medalist with Team USA Basketball over her career. Of course, University of Tennessee product, you know, played under the late and great Pat Summit. Former McDonald's All-American, like you just mentioned. She has a very incredible testimony of faith, man. And, um, you know, one of the people I love having people like this on the pod because, you know, you faith stands for unbreakable faith. And, you know, she definitely has an unbreakable faith testimony. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got Sierra Burdick with us. Sierra, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Jordan. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to chop it up with you. No doubt, no doubt. Like I said, I appreciate you taking out the time. I know you uh, have had a busy summer just with obviously coming off another um, opportunity with Team USA and everything fresh off of France. Yeah, how was that? It was an interesting season. Um, mm-hmm. I had always wanted to play in France, and uh, I got the opportunity this this season. Played with um, Asvel, which is owned by Tony Parker. So great club, great organization, very professional from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was tough, man. We had we had a whole lot of talent and ended up losing in the finals. Um, was mm. dealing with some stuff kind of like off the court mm. um, that maybe affected us in between the lines. So definitely um, dealing with that and and just trying to stay positive through all that was uh, was made the made the season tough. But I loved my teammates. I loved competing with them and training with them, and um, I love the people you know involved in the club. So. Every every season's got its pros and cons, and mm-hmm. you know you just take the experience, learn from it, grow from it, and keep pushing forward. So um, I had a good time in France. It's one of the best leagues in the world. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. never take anything away from the competitiveness of the league. Yeah, yeah, facts. I mean, obviously, just what we talked about too. You know, obviously, um, you might experience pushback from time to time. Just you know, you trying to do something big, and you know, just step out on faith, and you know, try to have a great season so you know obviously they come it come with the territory like i mentioned you just got to continue to push through and you know it's obviously growth on the other side you know that of course so like i mentioned man like i said um having you on the pod you know just having another athlete like yourself just represent that whole you faith unbreakable faith piece so i did want to ask you here where did your personal walk with you know christ actually first begin for you in your life i would probably have to say college um Mm -hmm. you know when i was growing up i would go to church with my grandma and my nana every now and then my nana went to a an episcopal church and my grandma went to a southern baptist church so like Mm. two opposite ends of the spectrum (laughs) um and you know i I would go here and there but was never really um involved in church on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. um i think my family wasn't a big church going family but i think we were very strong in faith and, um, you know, my mom is the first one to say, you know, just pray about it, let go, let God, mm-hmm. you know, those were words that she basically kept me, uh, with every single day, mm-hmm. um, as I went through the journey. And I think when I got to college and started going to FCA is when I really started to get more involved in like a church faith-based atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and just consistently going to FCA every Wednesday night and um, then joining, you know, a church in Knoxville. Um, and I, I tip my hat off to them because they did a great job of just making it a place where 
college students wanted to be um, mm-hmm. in a place where you felt comfortable mm-hmm. growing in your walk with God. And um, so I think that's when I really started to just dive headfirst into my relationship with God and in my faith and, you know, just staying around a community mm-hmm. um, that has the same beliefs as me and is going to keep me uplifted in prayer as I do the same for them. So mm-hmm. definitely college. Yeah. And what an interesting um, setting to, you know, kind of, you know, grow that relationship because as you know, like college can be a crazy place. It can be a wild place, you know, cause you're away from home. A lot of kids simply get to college and be wilding out. So yeah. <laughs> for you to actually, you know what I'm saying? So for you to actually, you know, take that initiative, and, um, you know, make it that home for you, you know, outside of home, you know, obviously you got the foundation from the, you know, your hometown and everything, but, you know, to take that to University of Tennessee, you know, obviously shows a lot about your character. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of FCA too, man. I was in the FCA from, uh, pretty much all four years of college too. And like you said, it really helped me out just being away. Like, I think I was four hours away from school mm-hmm. and, you know, having pastors and just, you know, chaplains come in speak to us before the games it definitely helped out you know just continue to grow while you away from the house too so i yeah, think that's yeah. a really key point for sure and um like i said it's kind of just touching off of that piece as well obviously you know i, I know your story you know obviously um and we'll probably get into the um situation about minnesota when i sent you that shirt um <laughs> last year and everything man <laughs> But I did want to ask you this. What if you got to think back of one specific moment and or a few moments of your career? What was the toughest moment in your career up to this point? And then obviously going into that faith piece, how were you able to use, you know, that foundation within your relationship within God or just that faith in general to actually prevail you through, you know, whatever that toughest moment might have been for your career? I think um, probably the hardest moment of my professional career was when I got two piece, either mm-hmm. when I, when I got cut my first time from the Los Angeles Sparks, I got mm-hmm. drafted to Sparks, made it through all of it training camp, um, was feeling decent about my chances. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were a veteran squad, but there was like one roster spot open. Mm-hmm. Um, and my veteran at the time who was Neka Gumake, you know, I had overheard her saying that, you know, she had been most out of the out of the rookies that were in camp. She was most impressed with me. So I was like, oh, great, yeah. man. It's good. This is looking good mm-hmm. for me. Um, but they ended up cutting me. They ended up going with the their seventh pick, Crystal Bradford. Um, and, uh, I just remember sitting in the boardroom, you know, with head coach, staff, assistant coaches, and them just telling me, you know, that they appreciated me coming to camp and um, that they thought I played well, but that they just didn't have the spot. And yeah. it was like I heard that, and I just like blacked out. Like I don't, I don't even remember the rest of it. I just remember like saying to myself, "Don't cry, don't cry, do not cry in front of these mm-hmm. people." So you know, I thank them for them time. Take thank them for their time, and then. I like beeline to the nearest bathroom and I just mm. crumbled to the floor, wow. like just leaning on the sink. I'm on my, my knees, my hands mm-hmm. and my elbows are like on the sink counter. And I'm just praying like, God, whatever yeah. you will be like, let it be done. Um, give me the strength to get through this. Just like praying for another opportunity. Cause this is what I've been working for since I was five years old, you know? Exactly. So just that moment of thinking, you know, I let my family down I don't, I'm not going to have the opportunity to accomplish my goal, my dream. 
that moment right there was probably one of the toughest experiences that I dealt with. One, because I was so young and I hadn't mm-hmm. gone through anything like that up to that point. Um, and two, it felt like really my, my dream was just crashing and burning. Um, and so I was able to pull myself together and, you know, tried to wipe my eyes a little bit so they weren't yeah. bloodshot as I was walking out the bathroom and made my way back to the hotel room to pack my things up. And while I was packing my things up, I got a call um, from a number I didn't recognize and I answered it. And it was Atlanta Dream head coach Michael Cooper. Wow. And he was like, hey, Bird, wow. how you doing? Um, I just got word that you've been waived. Mm. And I want you to know that we're interested in you. And we want you to come play for us. Wow. Um, and we're going to be in contact with you in the next couple of days to get you into Atlanta. Mm. And so just like that, like mm-hmm. a whirlwind of emotions going from like the bottom of the pit to, okay, I got another chance. Like mm-hmm. I, I got another opportunity. And that's just like, it was nothing but God, really. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a, a great rookie year up until, I mean, to the point before I broke my foot. Um, I played the most minutes that I ever played in my WNBA career in my rookie season. Mm. And I was back home. I was four minutes. I mean, I was four hours away from Charlotte, and four hours away from Knoxville. So like mm-hmm. family and friends got to come to all the games. Like it's, it's that saying where like, just God has a greater plan in store. Like I mm-hmm. wanted LA to work out right? because that's where I was drafted. That's where I thought I was supposed to be. But God's like, nah, I'm gonna give you the same opportunity, but you're going to be, you're going to be closer to your people's. Exactly. I'm like, you can't beat that. You can't beat mm-hmm. that. So definitely getting um, waived that first time of my WNBA career really tested mm-hmm. me. And I, I would say that was probably one of the toughest. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, man, that's crazy because like you said, I mean, you, if you got God consistently involved, I mean, just the fact that you even taking that energy into a prayer, I mean, obviously like a lot of just, energy from just being cut on the spot to actually like, you know, just flopping all over the bathroom floor. At least you landed in a prayer position. So yeah. <laughs> the right place, right time. And like you said, I mean, he blessed you with what you wanted, but honestly, it was probably better because yeah. he was closer to Knoxville. He was closer to Charlotte, like you said. And um it's so funny, man, because just seeing your story and just, you know, reading it over and over, it's like, man, like you've been through a lot, like within this whole professional basketball career. And like I said, with the situation, um, Last season, I think with Minnesota going to um Seattle, because look, it's so funny. And I'll share the story for people who gonna watch. I forgot when it was, but I know for a fact that I sent you one of the um Unbreakable Faith teasers to yeah. Minnesota. And then um I think maybe a day or two later, I got I saw on Instagram like you got come like, bro, like, first of all, not to take away, but I'm like, first of all, where my t-shirt gonna go? Like <laughs> yeah. the t-shirt gone, like what what's gonna happen with my shirt? I just sent the mug out like a day ago. Now, right. I'm like, dang, bro, like I done sent the T-shirt off. It's probably lost. They probably threw it away. That's the thought <laughs> that was going on mine. But at the same time, I caught myself just to kind of just pray over your situation, too, without even really like knowing, you know, the four ins and outs and really just knowing you overall. And it's like, man, because I can only imagine, you know, the um emotional term or going through that, just getting cut in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, but granted, the situation did work out because you got picked up by Seattle and then y'all ended up winning the, um, what was it, the Commissioner's Cup? Yeah, the Commissioner's Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, last season was wild because I started yeah. the season with Phoenix. I literally went straight from my overseas season in Poland, flew to Phoenix, mm-hmm. was, with, was with Phoenix for six weeks, did all of training camp with them, and then actually signed a hardship contract for mm-hmm. them until um, one of their post players returned from 
uh, overseas. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix was great. I mean, I love the organization there. I love playing with Diana, um, BG, free mm-hmm. BG, by the way. Um, you know, just love that organization. Um, and so I left on good terms. Like mm-hmm. they were very upfront and honest and transparent about everything from the jump. And that's mm-hmm. really as a as an athlete, as a professional, that's all I ask for. Like I love mm-hmm. this game. So I'm gonna go wherever I can go to play, but just keep everything 100 with me. Exactly. So then I went home, was home for um, maybe two weeks, started training for, you know, uh, three on three, because I also played three on three in the summer. Mm-hmm. Had the national championship, won the national championship, was named MVP, and then got a call from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Flew straight from nationals to Minnesota. Um, like, Dropped everything and mm-hmm. just got on a flight to go to Minnesota. I had no bags with me, just what I brought for the weekend for nationals. <laughs> like I had nothing, Jordan. Yeah. Like um, Natalie Chama has been hurt. We want to sign you a, to a four to six week hardship contract. And I was like, perfect. Like that leads mm-hmm. me right up into a big three on three tournament that I wanted to play in in Lithuania. So I go there. I end up getting sick. Like in the process because it was just so much for my body emotionally um, going from one thing to the next like that. Um, so I get there, I got a sinus infection. I'm sick. I never get sick. I'm sick as a dog. Yeah. I ended up practicing that next day. Um, and then we play Chicago. I play it in the Chicago game. And the following day we fly to Dallas and we have two games in Dallas. Um, so we're there for like four days and we fly back to Minnesota. I remember it was a Sunday. It was Father's Day. Mm-hmm. We fly back to Minnesota and we're collecting our bags at baggage claim. And Cheryl Reeves pulled me, pulls me to the side and is like, um, she tried to blame it on the fact that she didn't know the hardship contract rules, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Cheryl, you've been in this league for way too long to not know the rules. Like, yeah. So she, she ends up cutting me a baggage claim. Mm. And, wow. and then I have to get back on the team bus and go mm. back to my – first we drop off the players, then the staff, and then I get dropped off at my hotel. Mm. And I end up immediately just packing all my stuff up and catching the last flight out back to Charlotte. Like, I'm so done with it. Like, that was my yeah. seventh team um, mm. up to this point. And just the, the dishonesty – and the lack of respect for somebody's time and energy um, and, and just not being open and honest and transparent from the jump. Like you, you told me you were going to sign me for a four to six week hardship contract. Mm-hmm. And you cut me after six days yeah, with no like legit reason. It's in the airport too at that. At baggage claim. Yeah. Like you couldn't even let me get back to my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have told me from the jump, like, yeah. if, they, if she would have called me and be like, hey, Sierra, I like your game. We just need you for a week. Mm-hmm. Chances are I probably still would have come just for the mm-hmm. experience. I love to learn. I love to be around new players, new coaches, new systems. Mm-hmm. So I still would have came. But just be honest yeah, from the jump. From the jump. From really? the jump. <laughs> and don't make me miss Father's Day because, you know, we'd be missing holidays and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that anyways because we – the just our schedule playing overseas mm-hmm. eight months out of the year. So the holiday that I can get to, I would like to get to for sure. But you can cut me a baggage claim instead. Wow, man. That's crazy. So that's just like cut throw mm-hmm. WNBA shenanigans that unless you're in it, you don't really realize what's going on. But mm-hmm. 
some of this stuff is is crazy what goes on in our league. It is. And I mean, that's why, you know, personally, I got so much respect just for the overseas players, but really just growing into, you know, I'm getting to know more WNBA players too. And it's like, man, like, I mean, obviously reading it, I definitely encourage any, um, viewer this episode to go to Sierra's website. Cause I read, you know, about some of those experiences on the, um, your blog on the website. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, like y'all really be going through a lot in terms of just having to play. Like you said, go overseas, go back to the W, go back overseas, go back to the W and not any break in between. Right. And at that, you know, a lot of the time, the money isn't the greatest that's why you know a lot of players do go overseas and everything so yeah man it's definitely uh definitely seen crazy and to be in it like you know i can only imagine how crazy that was man so yeah but still just to still a testimony you know how strong your faith was to be able to get you through those tough times you know you always have something to at least rely back on and just keep you sane and everything throughout those crazy situations for sure man so no if it wasn't um, for my faith and just for loving the game yeah of the game there's no way that i would have been able to dealt with these experiences that i dealt with you know Mm -hmm. it's just like i played with eight franchises eight of the 12 (laughs) so it's like i'm not playing this game for any other reason than the fact that i love it you know Mm -hmm. and i'm thankful that i have you know god to keep me grounded and and rooted through it all so Mm -hmm. definitely uh leaning on him through all the, the craziness Absolutely, hundred percent. We got we got to got to stick to it at all times. I mean, it's too much crazy stuff going on in the world. Um, oh, yeah. So actually, going into that too, like, because obviously, you know, as a basketball player yourself, I'm sure you probably have hit this wall before. Just in terms of that whole identity piece, you know, you try to. We grew up, you know, you playing the game since the age of five. You know, having these dreams, going to aspirations of you know doing a lot of big things with it. But I feel like a lot of players, and I hit a wall of it before just you know trying to identify myself within christ versus identify myself in strictly a basketball player did you ever have any of those moments in your career where you kind of class heads between the two and if so like how did you get through those times um i don't think i've ever like had a problem accepting the fact that i'm strong in my faith that i'm a child of god you know mm-hmm. i'm i'm very open with my faith and I'm not going to throw it on anybody, but in the mornings, you're going to hear me bumping my gospel and my Christian music. Like, <laughs> you're going to see me reading through my devotionals. You know, if a lot of my captions are faith-based, like all my mm-hmm. tattoos that I have are faith-based or family-based. So it's like, I'm not hiding it, um, but I'm not going to throw it on anybody either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my biggest clash is... I mean, world versus faith anyways, like mm-hmm. sin versus faith anyways. Like mm-hmm. mine is when I'm competitive and passionate, I'll be ready to curse some of these people out, you know? <laughs> so As a Christian athlete, though. <laughs> of like, Come on, Sierra. Like you can't be acting like how you used to be acting in high school. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you would snatch people up and curse them out in a heartbeat. Like, <laughs> And I have calmed down. Like as I've gotten older, I've learned mm-hmm. to channel my competitiveness and my passion for the game. Uh, in a healthier way, I've learned to communicate better, you know, as a mm-hmm. leader, as a teammate. But there's still moments where you slip up. You slip mm-hmm. up, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're mad at a ref, you're mad at yourself, you're mad at, you know, whatever the, the game may bring you that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not feel like you're performing to your standards or to the best of your abilities. And so, like, trying to 
still remain, you know, true to my faith and, you know, the way we're being called to behave and to carry ourselves and to be patient, mm-hmm. humble and, you know, trying to balance that with also mm-hmm. we're competitive athletes as a living. This is what pays our bills. And, and it's cutthroat too. the game, you know, it's, it's cutthroat. So it's like mm-hmm. balancing that, like being able to be patient and kind, but also competitive. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's been the biggest struggle for me, not necessarily identifying as a child of God, but just being mm-hmm. able to balance both worlds. Yeah, yeah, facts. And I mean, you hit that, you know, right on top of the nail, honestly, because it's like it's difficult at times. Like it really is because it's like you want to be that humble servant. But at the same time, it's like, you know, coach, if I ain't getting no minutes, like I'm going to be I'm gonna be going crazy on the bench. Like, you know, what's going on? Like, I'm supposed to be the star player. You ain't give me no minutes. Like, but at the same time, you kind of just got to learn how to, like you said, channel that energy into something productive with whether it be, you know, working on your, your self growth within patience or just, you know, being able to talk to God about situations instead of cursing somebody out about it. Just those little yeah. things. I mean, obviously the game is, is so competitive. So it's like, it's easy for it to have like a situation like that where you do, you know, cuss a ref out or get it, get teed up yeah. <laughs> and everything like that, man. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the more like personally I grow into my faith as well, it's like, it's more of a learning experience as well just to, continue to work on myself and you know just like you said just telling the injury and something you know more positive right. that can help rather than hurt and everything in that regard too so i definitely think that's a really good point yeah so obviously as well sir you know like i mentioned how the opportunity to play for you know the late and legendary pat summer rest in peace to her personally in my opinion one of the best coaches of all time hands down you know men and women you know division one professionally probably one of the best coaches of all time like on all levels in terms, you know, actually being under her for the years that you were, what was, do you have like a memorable story of her? Like, what was your favorite or most memorable moment that you had, you know, with Coach Summit through your four years at Tennessee? Um, It was probably my freshman year. It was her final season coaching. And we had just won the SEC tournament, I believe it mm-hmm. was. And she came into the locker room and, um, we had just, you know, had our, our celebration. She had just cut down her net. And everybody knew that it was her final time, you know, climbing mm-hmm. the ladder and cutting the net. So I, there was a lot of tears in the locker room uh, to go along with the celebration. And I just remember her coming in and being like, this has been my favorite team to coach. Mm, and wow. like all of our jaws dropped to the floor. <laughs> out of all the teams she didn't coach, out of all exactly. them Exactly. Now, whether she meant it or not, I don't know. You know, she might tell every coach, she might tell every team that, but that's yeah. something that like will always stick with me because, and who knows, maybe she was telling the truth because that was probably her toughest season. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that it's your last, knowing that you've just been diagnosed with a, a deadly disease. Um, and that whole season, we just had her back. Like, we just mm-hmm. did everything we could. Um, to take care of her and to make sure that she never got caught in a, you know, compromising situation. Like Mm -hmm. it was all hands on deck and it it was like taking care of Pat was more important than winning. And that's how we felt. Like that was the mindset of the program. Yeah. We want to, you know, Pat would never say that Pat's winning. That's most Mm -hmm. important. We don't win. Mm -hmm. Um, She didn't want us to have to worry about her. You know, she was, she was, when she announced that she had Alzheimer's, to us she was the only dry eye in the room 
And she was just looking yeah. at us. We're going to be all right. We're going to get through right. this. And um, so that, but that was Pat, man. She just fighter mentality and one of the most humble people I've ever met in my entire life. And she was always about the team, always about the the young women that she coached. Um, so again, for her to say that, you know, we were her favorite team and that she's just loved every part of the season. That was special for us. Yeah. Facts. And obviously, you know, shout out to you as well, you know, having a, a very great career. I'm at the university of Tennessee and obviously, you know, playing under pound, I'm sure helped spark the plug on that too. you know, just having that um foundation of just that winterman. So I know she was probably a shark in the locker room and just in practices yeah. and everything, just <laughs> hearing stories about her like that, man. But, you know, it's, Probably definitely a great opportunity being under her and everything. So I also, Sierra, I definitely want to um, shout out you and your platform with what you do off the court within One Dream Hoops. You know, obviously have an opportunity to give back to your community, just other female athletes and everything, the younger female athletes. What was your purpose behind starting One Dream Hoops and how have you been able to impact, you know, your community and everything and just young female hoopers, you know, within that process? Yeah. My mom has always preached to me, you know, when I started coming into my role as a as a basketball player to, you know, make sure that I'm using my platform for good, that I'm in the public eye, that I have a responsibility to to give back and to give. Um, and so that's always been a part of my mindset. And when I was in college, um, I would just come back and, you know, I'd help out with various AAU teams around the area. And then when I turned pro in 2015, I would still continue to come back and go to different AAU teams and help out run practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I felt that there was a lack of player development mm-hmm. um, on the AAU scene. And so I wanted to start my own organization where player development um, and mentoring was basically the foundation of the organization. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started One Dream, One Dream Hoops um, in 2017. Um, with the goal of basically allowing these girls to play on a competitive circuit in front of college coaches so they're still getting seen, but making sure that we're sticking to the fundamentals, the basics, the player development, Mm -hmm. um, helping them develop as young women, uh, making sure that we have positive mentors surrounding them, um, encouraging them, empowering them so that they're growing on the court, but even more importantly, off of it. Mm Because for me, that was most important. Like whether y'all go on to play college, play overseas, play pro, we're going to make sure that y'all are taken care of off the court because eventually the ball is going to stop bouncing for all of us. Um, and so that was my um, my main purpose behind founding One Dream. Um, we started with one team. We at our peak, we were we were up to four teams. You know, we had uh, around 50 girls, a part of our organization at, at one given time. Um, and we've helped over 35 of our girls earn college scholarships to play at the next level. Nice. Um, so it's, it's fun because during the summer when I'm home and when they're home, we'll still get in the gym and play pickup once a week. So mm-hmm. it's cool to have all my young kids here when you play and competing, you know, I'm still mm-hmm. able to pour into them and get on them, um, and help them grow. So, you know, we got a saying where it's one deep for life. And so yeah, we mean that like, yeah. they're my, youngins they're all like it's a sisterhood amongst them Mm -hmm. um and you know they still call on us as coaches for everything you know when they hit a milestone we're the first ones they text and call so that just means we you know we're doing our job and making a positive impact on their lives and Mm -hmm. even more importantly we built healthy relationships 
to where they know they can lean on us and call us if they need us. So that was for me, the most important thing that, that I could do for the Charlotte community, you know, outside of what I've done on the court. Yeah. Facts. I mean, definitely, like I said, shout out to you again, cause that's so big, man, you know, just obviously using your platform. Cause a lot of time, you know, as an athlete, you know, you get caught up in your personal accolades and personal success that you only focus on yourself, but to be able to take a piece of yourself and pour it into a whole village pretty much and build it up with mm-hmm. all these, you know, young female athletes, just growing them up on the court and off the court. I think that's very big. I mean, like you said, the ball does stop bouncing one day for everyone. So just to make sure they cool, you know, taking care of, you know, regardless of basketball, you know, I definitely think that's key. So yeah. shout out to you again on that, man. Really, that's appreciate that's what's that. up. Well, Sierra, like I said, man, appreciate you taking out the time. It's definitely been a pleasure this uh, evening and everything. Is there anything you like to lead the fans with? Shoot, just let go and let God, man. Really. Mm-hmm. Psalms 4610, be still and know that I am because he'll carry you through everything. So I think just keeping your faith and staying locked in one day at a time, um, trusting the bigger picture, I think that's huge. And if you're willing to work and surround yourself with the right people and keep your faith in the good guy above, um, you know, I really truly believe that the sky is the limit and that every dream can be accomplished. Thank you.